0: Radio Misfits Podcast Network.
1: But I do declare that it's perfectly legal. Uh, everything looking sound, all right?
0: Yeah, everything actually looks and sounds pretty good. I mean, other than your your mug being on my screen, obviously. I mean, that I could do without. But you,
1: you, I think you mean gracing. Your screen. <laughs> You are now about to experience the most American podcast ever created.
0: Roughest time is over. Roughest, roughest time is.
1: Oh, rumpest, rumpest time is- you knucklehead. From all the divorce. The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.
0: So how's it going? Uh, not bad, man. It's just,
1: uh, you know, it's, it's, just we, it's just we wait now. Is
0: that it? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I don't know. I don't even know. What fucking phase are we in now? I have no fucking idea. I, I have no idea. I've been sort of removed from everything for a week now because I was on furlough. And um, at the same time, very much not removed from everything because, you know, my father and I can just talk out for hours on end about politics and shit like that uh which we have been and um it's uh it's just kind of nice to be down here all the way in cape may because it's so everything's so different from like a coronavirus perspective like
1: oh yeah i've been going to i've been going to long beach island uh, pretty much every weekend yeah so and, you know uh, yeah it's just uh, it's i mean you still
0: have to do it to go in the stores and stuff like that because that's the state that's statewide but yeah, the but like other, the fear yeah. and apprehension is just like not on the same level.
1: Other than my incredibly paranoid uh, parents, yeah, it's just uh,
0: <laughs> they're they're totally well. You know, my uncle is apparently like that. I was finding that out from my uh, my family oh, here that he's, they, he's 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 masked they, up all they, the time.
1: They bought in so deep to the bullshit.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard not to, in a way, really, because I mean, if, well, first of all. Um. there's obviously real risks the older you get. And, like, yeah, even my for the, father, for, for example, age, who's had, I like, pulmonary it. stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. But, like, as a rule, you know, I think, I feel like everyone should be on the same page now. There's probably a better way to go about this than yeah. freaking out. And well, you. I
0: think, I mean, I certainly agree with you there, but I kind of also, I doubt that people actually are all on the same page, that that is true.
1: I think... More people than will admit it,
0: I th- especially after the. That's protests. probably true. That's probably especially true.
1: Especially after the protests.
0: Right. Right. Are those blue light bo- uh,
1: blockers? Uh no, these are just like my regular hangout ones. My my uh, blue light blockers actually have a yellow lens. Really? Yeah, which is it, they look very weird.
0: Kind of like uh, Walter and Big Lebowski.
1: Yeah, they're the yeah <laughs> almost exactly they're the same frame as this. Nice. Um. But yeah, these are. Just and I describe
0: them as just like a traditional black uh, rim, you know, like traditional frame glasses. You know, kind of like yeah, some Clark these, Kent these looking, are like
1: my uh, pseudo intellectual. Uh, yeah. Bird glasses. Yeah. Good. So I wear these. I sit in front of a bookcase
0: and uh, <laughs> looking very intellectual. I mean, I
1: is, I am CNN ready. Right
0: absolutely, now. totally. I Mine can say it. Pocket pussy. Right. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, look, they they're they're nobody to judge these days. Um, so look, there's a lot to discuss, obviously. Um, are we, are we rolling that we're rolling. We have been,
1: Hell
0: yeah. uh, the world is coming apart at the seams in some ways. Uh, and the whole coronavirus thing is, uh, you know, part of it. Um, everybody, uh, either really, truly in the throes of some racial based angst or possibly doing a little bit of virtue signaling, a little bit of both, a little bit of both. Um, we have, uh, you know, black squares on social media. We have Black Lives Matter. We have uh, the protests. We have statues coming down. Um, and all of this kind of, uh, I guess, on the backdrop of with Corona and also, you know, the election coming in uh, November. So right, you haven't even
1: gotten to the, the sexual.
0: We'll have to wait for it to reconnect there. All right. I lost you. Now you're back.
1: Yeah. The yeah, sexual you what? For a while. You didn't hear about, um, uh, Chris D'elia. The oh
0: yeah, yeah. Wow, you're right. I did. Okay, good. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because we can get into that as well. Um, that yeah, comedian. One. How do you say his name? Is it D'elia?
1: D'elia. Yeah.
0: So comedian Chris D'elia, who um, has been, you know, on TV shows. He's a successful stand-up. I believe he's got a podcast that oh, does yeah. pretty good numbers, right?
1: So oh, yeah. he's huge. He's huge.
0: Yeah, so he's a big-time deal. And um, uh, he has been now... So I'll I'll just lay out there what I know of all that. And you can sort of fill in some of the gaps on it because it has a lot to do with allegations of him hitting on very young women. Women that are sort of like on the cusp of legality, I guess you would Uh, say.
1: Yeah, the the word they're using is grooming. Grooming. Allegedly, and... Uh, as they say these days, it looks like the ladies kept receipts. Um, yeah, a lot of screenshots, a lot of, hey, by the way, I'm only 16s and stuff in there. Right. Uh, of course, it is still alleged, but um, a Twitter account called She Rates Dogs.
0: Great, great of, handle, by the way, for the for the is. subject I've matter. is. I've been
1: following. So I've been following that account for about a year and a half or so now, mm-hmm. and it's it's a great shitter read. Um it is you can just scroll and you see creepy messages that yeah, you send yeah. to chick, right. chicks and there's a lot of them out there. Um, but it's it's also part of It's usually like, like uh,
0: DMs and stuff, right? Like it's usually yeah, like people's DMs, DMs, text
1: messages, bumble, tinder, all that shit. Right, right. Um but it's part of this uh sort of network of female young female influencer accounts that primarily uh you know, make their payday by just shitting all over straight white dudes. Like the the phrase "men are trash" is very popular amongst this crew. And so, this, this sh-
0: so wait, are you saying that the majority of those messages come from that network of people?
1: No, 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 not that. Uh, it's the the account that's curating it.
0: Is oh, part of, is I say, I say, gotcha. Um,
1: and you know, say what you will about them. You know, they're they're. I find them very entertaining, but I also find it hilarious that they, um...
0: They're kind of shitting on their audience, aren't they?
1: No, their audience is, uh, like, 20-something chicks.
0: Um... Oh, so they're not, like, thirst-trapping Instagram influencers? No,
1: no, 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 no. This is... Their audience is sort of aggrieved chicks on the dating scene... Gotcha. ...who can't find, like, a, a decent dude, and they're running into all these fucking creeps. So they go there... And they kind of commiserate well i th- one of the the funnier things that i've noticed about these uh, accounts is that they all exist to either you know they they're run like a business these chicks either they run um uh, stores where they sell merchandise or they do you know influencer deals for, like advertising whatever they all have a bent where they're trying to make a couple bucks but they all also promote like communism and socialism and all of that shit uh, and it's funny because it's... Like, subtly? Them,
0: like, subtly? Or, like, are no, they just... No, no,
1: no, no. Very, very openly. Um, they, uh, like, they're very big into the uh, the whole A ACAB uh, thing. Really? Yeah. What the fuck? Um, yeah. It's because it, it appeals to, like, the base emotional instincts of their audience while they're selling merch to these people... Over the directly over the internet, which is like the purest form of capitalism that you can engage. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. Um, that's it, so it's. I just found that. I found that very funny. Yeah, it,
0: it it uh. Yeah. It tickled your funny bone. Um,
1: it did. It did my it <laughs> my eye <would> bone. <laughs>
0: So um, just because I can't resist, you know, my my boyfriend, unfortunately, has been sort of subjected to, like, my father and I's, like, you know, droning on conversations about everything that's going on these days. And, you know, he's not necessarily completely removed from interest in politics and all that kind of stuff, but it gets to be a bit much, and I even understand that. So we were going for a walk earlier. He's all, like, into, like, closing his rings on his Apple Watch these days and, like, making sure that he's, like, you know, hitting his fitness (laughs) card. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> Alright, good. I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna get into it. But he's very into his fitness thing. So we went for a walk. Okay, which also was nice because it gave me an opportunity to have a little bit of ganj, which my mother is completely against. Like to the point where I rolled a joint. Are you
1: stay- now? Are you staying is this their home that you're staying? It in? is. Okay.
0: So um
1: so you can't even go into the backyard and smoke. You got to like No,
0: no, because like I'll I'll give it to you this way. On Tuesday night, we came down Monday night. So Tuesday night, I in my room or in the room, the guest room that I'm staying in, I rolled a joint. Just the smell of that had my mom like up my ass like you brought that stuff down here.
1: Why Are you would you? Serious? Why would you
0: bring that down here? And I was like, Mom, wow. Mom, I'm going to go for a walk, like up the street, like what? I'm just rolling it up, like I'm sorry, like you know, I like to smoke, like yeah, but uh, you don't bring that down. Don't bring that down to my house. I da, was, da, da. I,
1: I was at, I was at my parents' uh, place. I go down every weekend, like I said. I was, uh, I was rolling a blunt on the island in the kitchen, and I had my little cigar box filled with like weed, uh, MDMA, blue chews, and uh, condoms and and blunt wraps. And I I just said, Mom, if you see this box floating around, make sure it goes back to my room. Nice. There is is nothing being hidden in the uh, well,
0: suffice it to say, my experience is quite different. And um, there's some mitigating factors. I mean, you know, I'm pretty sure my mom's first husband was a pothead and that she sort of held it, you know, in in, uh, contempt. Um, my younger brother used to just sort of flagrantly smoke in his room at home, which I always thought was fucked up and used to call him out for, um, really?
1: so we used to, we used to blaze on the, uh, like the living room sofa in the house, uh, uh, we grew up in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that would not, no, that doesn't, <laughs> yeah. that, no. See, <laughs> the funny thing is, is that my dad actually did use to smoke and he's not anywhere near as reefer madness about it as my mom is. He just doesn't want my mom to get upset, obviously. So he's, like, you know, spoken to us several times in the past and be like, look, I don't know what you guys have to do to, to avoid this, but, you know, like, have you keep it consi- in the car or whatever the fuck.
1: Uh, have you considered just getting, like, uh, like, edibles or, like, some liquid? So,
0: um, you know, I actually was using a pen for a while and it was working out great and then the whole like hysteria around that cropped up and my boyfriend was super freaked out about it and he was like i don't want you to smoke the pen anymore and all this kind of stuff but he even said he was like i think from now on when we come down to visit them you should just have a pen and just deal with it that way because the
1: the pens are relatively safe the the hysteria around that was i think was a very very specific place they were coming from Mm. and they were using vitamin e oil to fill everything out yeah yeah um So once they figured out that it was just because it was, like, bogus shit, it was counterfeit fake stuff, I think they were like, all right, well, you know, just make sure you're getting your stuff.
0: Yeah, because, you know, my brother still actually uses it all the time. And I even said to him, I was like, "Uh, ah, that that stuff's cool, right? And he was like, look, I'm getting these from Colorado. Like, you know, they're, like, going through different, like, health department analysis and shit, so... Yeah. Um, But anyway, I've been sort of living that Reefer Madness lifestyle here, and it was nice because I got a chance to go out and actually have some. Um,
1: That's uh, that's foreign to me. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, it's foreign to me nine times out of ten as well, obviously. I'm not used to it. Um, But uh, I I figured you would have a divergent um, experience when it comes to that kind of thing, but I also figured I'd share it. Um, But there was a reason I mentioned actually going out for the walk, right? I think something about that whatever it'll come back to me um so we got a lot to get into we've got the christy elia we've got um aunt jemima uncle ben's um all that stuff uh i've got a great story about the above ground pool in my backyard mike's been there in my backyard you're aware of the, the above ground pool Um, it involves
1: you guys been able to open that uh, for business no unfortunately
0: not yet because the guy that I pay to do it and I'm actually this close to just watching a YouTube video and figuring it out myself um, he's so backed up with installations because like all these like you know parents are like what the fuck am I gonna do with my kids all summer I'm gonna put a pool in Um, so uh, he's totally backed up and he hasn't had a chance to do it but um, my uh, above-ground pool I'll just put it to you this way: got a mention in the New York Times. So, Did it really,
1: you're <laughs> specific about brown. Yes, why specific? Are about you one of those? Pool. Are you one of those people who lets uh, lets it turn into just like a disgusting, green, mosquito-filled fucking swamp? Are you one of those? No, it, it's so. All right, I'll just get into that now. I'll just we'll start there.
0: Yeah, I got to hear this. We'll start there. So, and my my boyfriend, by the way, is so like mortified by all this.
1: Did they Did the Times find out that you're a gay conservative and uh, decide to target you?
0: If I did, I, I would already be dying and gone to heaven. So like I'm, but but I'm pretty close. Just this story, I told my boyfriend, and this is like something like kept him up the first night. And I told him how happy I am that this is in this whole thing. So it was actually, and you know, now that now that I've dropped the sort of like, you know, the, the whammo of the story, I'll back off a little bit. I believe it was actually New York Times Magazine. So we'll just kind of leave it at that. But it was about this couple who, from New York City who were moving out to the suburbs. And they're looking at different places. Now, the house behind us, directly behind us, so the same block, but you know, like not, uh, it's parcel right behind us. They were for sale that house was for sale last summer and they renovated it nicely they did the whole inside got renovated they did some landscaping this that the other it looked really nice um so you know it had a lot of traffic and, and one of the people that eventually i guess was looking at this place to potentially buy it was this couple that was being featured in the new york times magazine to sort of document their experience looking at different places and they looked at a place in bergen county and they looked at a place in essex county and they looked at this and they looked at that so they really liked the place in Bloomfield. And my boyfriend started reading it because one of the pages that we belong to, the Facebook, you know, community pages, said, oh, wow, Bloomfield's being featured in this. And they're talking about what a cute up and coming place it is and all the downtown businesses and close proximity to the train and da, 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 So he was all excited because he's like, wow, this is great. You know what I mean? And it's the house right next to ours. Okay, Cool. So, um, he's following
1: excited about this.
0: He was, he was excited about it. So so he, so he followed the Oracle series, not
1: a very high bar for excitement.
0: No, no, certainly not. And also furthermore, when we get to the, to the crux of the story, not really a high bar for things that keep you up at night either, in my opinion, but again, I'll get there and I love it. I
1: could could see this going.
0: So, so, so he, um, you know, is following this article series, and it gets to the next week when they describe how the family made their choice. And um, they said, oh, you know, we ended up choosing this place in Union County or something like that. You know, whatever. We like this and that and the other. And then they went through the different places they didn't choose. And when it came to the place in Bloomfield, they said that the neighbor had a very noisy filter for the above-ground pool.
1: Really? Yes, yes. That's what done
0: it. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, I'm like so embarrassed that How we would noisy have
1: noisy <laughs> is your, your filter. I don't, I don't
0: think, think I... it's that noisy personally. I mean I really yeah. don't think it's anything that outrageous. And actually there's a house two doors down that has an above ground pool, and you know, you could sort of maybe sometimes hear I don't even I can't remember per se. It is an older filter. I know that. It's definitely yeah. an older filter, and we're gonna get a new one whenever it opens. This time around
1: I almost feel like And as long as it's not Insanely loud Like my parents Neighbors down the shore Use like a power washer And that sounds like A fucking chainsaw Yeah right Right Uh huh But as long as it's just like A light hum Sort of along the lines Of like a loud air conditioner Yeah Yeah that's what I'd say I actually Think of those kind of sounds As almost the uh, The white noise Of a soft summer night I think that's uh, What suburban neighborhood Wouldn't have have that sound kind of echoing through it. These sound like New York City assholes who are just terrified and confused at the prospects of living in the suburbs.
0: Yeah, I, what I said to him was, I was like, look, you're freaking out. First of all, I couldn't stop laughing. But I said, you're freaking out for no reason because this article was written by somebody who has to cram this, look, I, you know, am somewhat involved in media. They had to hit their fucking deadline and cram this article into a two-page whatever. And... Chances are they gave a number of other reasons, but they said something like, and, you know, we were sitting out back and just the noisy pool, and we said, you know what? We just can't see ourselves here. We just can't see ourselves here. Boom. Easy to say, noisy pool. You know what I mean? Like, so whatever. But I love it, because obviously, you know, my feelings on the New York Times, and to be in any way sort of like, you know, uh, indirectly in the eyes of their scorn is just a thrill for me. Total thrill.
1: They are just... They they're firing people they're firing people over op eds they're they're changing oh unbelievable they're They're
0: terrible I mean the whole thing is just I mean look you know what I'm gonna turn the light on in here because it's getting a little dark yeah but everything with this cancel culture is just I mean it it's gotten to a point that I guess we all kind of could have foreseen it getting to but maybe not this fast. I I don't know. I mean, it's like I don't know where you turn to try to like find the adult in the room when like every aspect of schooling, every aspect of like media, is right in line with all this stuff.
1: It's be, I mean they just they they bully, and then if you think about it, you know where are the kids who were the kids who were starting? And this is what I, this is what I've been saying a few years ago when people were saying oh, it's just a campus protest, it's just this, it's just that, it's not a big deal. And my argument was always, it's not, the issue isn't that it's taking place on campus, it's, well, that is, because it's supposed to be a place of free thought and, and, and all that good shit. But, you're only on campus for four years, eventually you go off and you are the news producer, or the, the attorney, or the teacher... Or the whatever who is now in charge of sorting of sort of setting society's rhythm and they've con- they've learned that people will will absolutely capitulate to loud public bullying so they know how to get their way and they're they're great at using social media so they're able to kind of uh, gain a critical mass behind whatever their you know, grievance du jour is and just unleash everything and all of a sudden a sort of small but vocal group of idiots can make it seem like the entire country is behind a, a movement or an opinion.
0: Yeah, and don't you think that social media is such a weird fucking thing when it comes to this type of thing? Because like, the entire nature of it is creating your own little mini platform and then gaining followers around it. So media, which is sort of by nature watching other things happen, is going to see on this platform that's become somewhat ubiquitous people that develop followings. But, you know, people follow and and do things online for different reasons than they might even in in real life. And that's not also real life. I mean, there's a lot more people in the world than there are that spend time on Twitter or Instagram or whatever it may be, in, in spite of how popular those platforms are. So yeah, it's weird because it like kind of makes it seem like these people are a lot more influential than they really are.
1: Well, I mean, you have to it gets amplified by media because it's it's just a closed it's a closed loop, right? I mean, the same people who are producing news segments for CNN and all the way down to your local news are people who are they're on Twitter all day. So they're seeing the trends and they're seeing the sort of You know, it's as much as there are people having nuanced conversations, the loudest ones in the room tend to be the binary sides going at it. And a lot of the what happens is one opinion or one side gets painted as the right one. The other gets painted as the wrong one, especially through the lens of a media apparatus and through the way tech companies and their algorithms allow stuff to trend and and show up they they can they can amplify other voices over voices that they disagree with so once i mean it's like if you spend enough time in the loop you start understanding how the loop works and i feel like with with what you do i mean you you should be relatively plugged in you can kind of almost you can almost see how it happens now like in real time
0: yeah, for sure. But I mean, I think that it's interesting and I never really kind of thought of it from that perspective. Um, the ease with which people will dismiss it when it happens on college campuses and just how sort of stupid it is to do that, because you're like, well, what what do you what do you think is going to happen four or five years from now when these people are working? You know, like, I mean, that's a good point. I, I, I mean, I it totally makes sense, but I never walked it out that far or. or put it in my mind in that way I guess. Like, yeah, you might think it's sort of like all fun and games when you're, you know, shouting down some campus speaker, but that type of behavior is rather ingrained if you're in your early 20s. Yeah,
1: and it it, it I don't remember any of that shit going on just a few years earlier when we were in college cuz I mean, it it kind of started, I want to say Maybe not 2011, but uh, 2012, 2013, it it felt like it started popping up. Yeah, who was
0: the original, like, what was the original high-profile canceling? Like,
1: I was actually, my mom was was
0: asking me, she was like, what is this canceling? I was like, well, I mean, it's kind of fucking, like, ruining people's life. That's really what it comes down to. There
1: are a handful that stick out to me. There was that one, I don't, I, was it like, it was like Missouri, it might have been Mizzou, um, where they were... Uh, they were protesting some, I don't know if it was Title IX or statues or a racist, you know, a building was named after a, a slave owner, some shit. And uh, a student journalist wanted to get into a protest circle and start interviewing people. And they tried to shove him out. And a, a communications professor sprinted over and tried to to shove him out of the circle. And, she, and he was like, hey, I'm a journalist. And she yelled something like, "No fucking journalist! Hey, let me get some muscle here. I need help with this guy." That was that was one of the big ones that I remember. Uh, Yale had one when around Halloween, a um, a professor, there was the two professors married to each other, had essentially sent uh, one of them. The wife sent out an email uh, because students were demanding that certain Halloween costumes be banned or something along those lines. And she sent an email out that was like, look, you know, Halloween is a uh, it's a holiday that occurs in the spirit of fun. Part of the holiday involves dressing up, pushing boundaries, p- crossing lines. That's what you do specifically on the <laughs> night of Halloween. Imagine to-
0: having to send that email. I mean, um, what fucking imagine. world do we live in? What fucking world do we live in right now? Seriously?
1: Yeah. Um, and then I guess uh, her husband backed her up on it and he was accosted by a bunch of students. uh crossing campus There's a whole <laughs> bit there with i remember
0: the video yeah video
1: of them where they're circling him and going well, yeah that's yeah. another one um milo ianopoulos attempting to speak at um i think it was uh berkeley that's and, right uh, yeah What? and ben uh, and
0: ben shapiro going through a lot of the same stuff too with with all those yeah. on-campus appearances
1: and then the other and coulter
0: game. i think maybe and coulter
1: Uh, I'm assuming she did. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it's all coming back to me now. The way the way you lay it out.
1: And then uh, Evergreen State was the very high profile. Well, it finally became high profile because of Rogan uh, had had the uh, professor uh, who's kind of at the center of it on a bunch of times, and he's sort of uh, gotten into that whole intellectual dark web. But the mainstream media wasn't really covering it for the longest time. But students essentially hijacked the campus of, uh, I think it's Evergreen State College in uh, in Washington or Oregon. They uh, so I guess once a year they would have uh, what they called like it was like a Black Day of Absence on campus, and uh, Black students would they wouldn't show up for the day. Black faculty wouldn't show. All the uh, people of color associated with the school wouldn't show up, and the purpose was to show. Uh, white students what those people what the people of color brought to the campus what they were missing on that day When they weren't there and it was just sort of a, a symbolic reminder like hey, you know Never forget that we're part of the, the community and all that which you know that as a thing is very good That's like a very it's a very peaceful It's it creates room for thought like you can get behind that and be like yeah, totally a good idea What they wound what the students did Uh, That year, I I don't know if it was like 2017 or 2018, wound up demanding was that instead of a black day of absence, there be a white day of absence where white students not be allowed to show up on campus. So it went from being this uh, very voluntary and symbolic thing on on behalf of the uh, on the part of the uh, students of color to a attempt at compulsory.
0: Yeah, a compulsory white thing.
1: off of campus, right? And this uh, this uh, professor uh, Brett Weinstein uh, kind of raised his hand. Was like, "Uh, so you know what you're doing is like the definition of racism and discrimination, and it's exactly what you're supposed to be against." And they got very mad, and they started talking about how you know there was, un- it was now an unsafe campus, and they couldn't have him as a professor anymore. So he wound up, I guess, uh, he used to- he had to get a like uh, a security escort. Uh, around campus they 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 made him lay low for a couple of days because they said they There was nothing they could do to protect him and then they essentially bought him his wife was a professor there as well they bought um, They bought them both out of their uh, contracts And okay. I guess now they're you know they're how,
0: how does it make you feel when all these people talk about things being like unsafe and like the use of the term violence when it comes to stuff like this. Yeah,
1: language is not violence. The only, <laughs> the only time I would ever give you language is violence is when la- that when you, someone is using their words to directly and immediately cause others to perform right. a specific violence. Right, right,
0: act. right, right. Hey, Bruno, kick this motherfucker! Like, yeah, so, yeah. That,
1: okay, yes, yeah. Those words are violent.
0: Right, right. Um... So sticking on the on the cancel thing for a minute, um, I don't really give a fuck about the Aunt Jemima brand. You know what I mean? Like
1: neither do I. That doesn't. If 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 it is rooted in what what they say it is, then it's well. Totally look,
0: I mean, same. I think that with the Aunt with with the Aunt Jemima, right? They changed it, but I remember when I was a kid, she did have a headscarf, and there was oh, definitely yeah. there was, it was definitely, definitely a
1: blackface depiction.
0: Yeah, there was definitely some more kind of, you know, mammy stuff going on there. So it was, it was,
1: it's yeah, one we that. We used to have a, uh, and I, I, now I really hope my mother didn't throw it out because, I mean, it would have been, it's like an antique, definitely an antique. Because uh-huh. It was, it was there when I was a kid. When I was a kid, it looked like it was about 20, 20 or so years old. Um, it was a thermometer. It was an Aunt Jemima thermometer with the big picture of Aunt Jemima. Oh, wow. And, and I, I'm remembering back to what it looked like And, I mean, in retrospect, more blackface, it could not. Right,
0: right. Very, like, Sambo style. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, look, and that's that. Um, But I will say, uh, what's up with Uncle Ben's? I mean, I never once considered that, like, a negative racial... What, a black man uh, can't
1: sell rice? I looked into it, and apparently, uh, Uncle, the same way it would be applied to Uncle Tom, uncle is sort of a uh, a broad, broadly used term. Southern whites referring and blacks referring to, I guess, a black guy. uh, Sort of along the lines of Aunt Jemima. Okay. Uh, It's sort of the, you know. So
0: it's the name. It's it's, it's a similar thing in that respect.
1: It's, yeah, it exists. uh, I guess all of them exist along the lines of um portraying a black person who is totally cool with belonging to his his white southern masters and life is good and and all, basically everything that they wa- that, that people who tell you, well, you know the Civil War was mostly about states' rights the kind of thing that those people would uh, would have you
0: believe well I would like to formally nominate that they put a white guy on the box of rice and they should call it Mr. Starchy. Mr. I, th- I think that would be great, Uncle,
1: Uncle Cracker. <laughs> hey, remember him? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Follow me. <da-na-na-na-na>. Ugh, terrible. <laughs> um. So one thing though that I found kind of fascinating was that Missus Butterworth is catching it. I never realized Missus Butterworth was black.
1: Um. I
0: mean, her body is filled yeah. with syrup, so she's the color of syrup.
1: Yeah, I think that was the point. <laughs> What that she was black? You think that that yeah, was the point yeah. of it? Really? And I think even I think in the commercials when she would the jar would kind of become animated. Yeah, she would be a she'd be uh, like, black oh,
0: "Come on, darling, get get and yourself that, a little." And
1: the darkness of that syrup again just lends itself so much to blackface. Um, so yeah, I get I guess I that one I get the least because Missus Butterworth just sounds like oh for this particular product they decided on a black woman and Butterworth like it's more it seems like more of just like a fat person thing <laughs> than anything. Well, like the know, woman from Burks,
0: like the woman from Brooks Brothers back in the day when they yeah. would advertise those furniture stores in Newark uh, oh man um, yeah I mean sometimes people are heavy and they like foods like pancakes and waffles and stuff I mean there's nothing wrong with that um, but yeah so I will say this I am very much behind The cancellation movement when it comes to Yale and the name of Yale, I love this. this I love this. Hilarious! I love it so much. I really do. I can't. I can hardly contain myself. With how much? I mean, look, they have to do it now, right? They
1: have to change the name. Well, who? So who started this? Was this a uh, a troll thing? Like by conservatives? Yes. Uh, Because it 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 seemed like it was almost catching on. Among woke, Twitter. it very well might be because I mean, there's no denying that the dude was a slave trader. I mean, there's not, that's what it is. Yeah. it's you know what? It's 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 really weird because it's like I mean, the bulk of human history involved slavery yeah, of some kind. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, see now you're I mean, now
0: you're going to actually appeal to my like you know actual thinking brain. Can't I just have the sugar high of wanting to cancel? Yeah. Oh.
1: Yeah. No, I, no but oh, you're absolutely me, I right. Appreciate... I don't want to knock
0: you off. Continue. Please continue. I Please appreciate
1: continue. how hilarious that is. <laughs> but like now they're, you know, they're tearing you know, they're, they're talking about, they, they don't want uh Thomas Jefferson statue in the New York city council building right, right. and all of this other shit. And it's like, Look, first of all, Jefferson argued cases on behalf of black guys who were trying to get out of slavery. Right, so, right. Uh, he's, he's a very complicated guy, but everyone of that age, it was it was a, it was just a different human thinking hadn't evolved yet. It was still, it was still a time of like conquest and all of this other shit. Yeah, and, I mean, I mean, yeah, you're absolutely slavery, right. Every society on the fucking planet has enslaved someone at some point. Right. Um, the the weird thing the United States I almost feel like I almost feel like we were the most proactive in like aggressively. Well, you know. I think
0: I think that some people would argue. Oh, okay. Well, you know, Great Britain outlawed it earlier. You know, then some people would say, well, it wasn't as big an aspect of their economy. They didn't have as much agrarian stuff going on. You know, this, that, the other. Um, I would probably tend to agree with you but the other side of it is look at the fucking price we paid i mean it's hilarious to me it's hilarious to me how people want to say it wasn't that long ago you know it wasn't that long ago that jim crow south in the 1960s and it's okay fine let's just say that that's true right and let's just kind of put that off in the corner well you can't also double back and then act like it was that long ago when the country's only 300 years old anyway or whatever, that the civil war ripped this fucking place apart and, and blood was shed to decide this shit. You know what I mean? And like, I I just, it drives me crazy. Yeah. The extent I, to think which that's I, I,
1: I would think if, if I had to guess, I would say that their frustration there would be that the civil war ripped the country apart because half of the country really wanted to keep slavery. Um, and then of course, Following the Civil War.
0: Yeah, uh, well, I mean, but that's, of course, where it also gets more complicated, right? Because there weren't that many, like the majority of the people that fought for the Confederate States of America didn't own slaves. It was the only way of life they knew from an agrarian perspective and everything that fell in line with the plantation uh, economy and then kind of cascading on down the line was the only thing that these people knew. And furthermore, much like races today used as a cudgel to divide people, it was back then. And if you were a poor southern white person, at least you were white. That's really the way that it was sort of like utilized against you in the way that this whole racial construct was a matter as a means to an end of the powers that be, which is really not. Yeah. So so if
1: you're so if you're like if you're a black person, you can kind of understand how it's like, well, yeah, at least they were white. We were looked at as fucking, you know, oxen. Well, yeah, but I
0: mean that's that's the point. That's the point of why that issue had to be resolved. That's the issue of why it was always a inevitable conflict from the second that the Constitution was basically signed.
1: Yeah, I mean it's look, it's one of those things. There was never go. I don't think there was ever going to be a a clean ending to it. And it, it's alright, it's in a historical context. I think here's the way to, here's the way to look at it. from thirty thousand feet. America is a very young country. Um, it's, you know, the Civil War was, you know, it was 150 years ago, whatever. Um, but that's like a very easy thing to say if you're looking at it from 30,000 feet. If you are a, you know, if if you're a black person who has, you know, they've heard family stories of, the 60s and the, the years before that and you're seeing when you're when you're sort of involved in it day to day and you don't feel, you know physically feel any progress going to to say oh look how far everything has come is sort of you, you understand where the uh you know i don't <clears throat> you know i don't think I, I i can't look at black frustration in america and say well you know but you guys to and then offer some some explanation for it. Um, well, I mean, I, I think, think that in
0: the context of history, it's only right to push back against some of the lies that are told in terms of what you're alluding to as far as the human condition and chattel slavery
1: and what that is to the human yeah, condition sure. and overcoming yeah, I that. Think it's, but no, I think, sure. I think yeah, that I, anybody... If some, fucking, if some fucking guy in the, the 1700s owned slaves, uh, I don't think that makes him a monster. I think it makes him a man of complicated times um, well yeah or or like senator kane standing up there the other
0: day and saying that like america uh, uh, created slavery or some yes, shit whatever that was stupid, very stupid shit that he said you know uh, yeah, like, that the was the a very dumb you're thing you're a fucking moron said. you don't know what the fuck you're talking either you're you're purposefully being divisive or you're just a massive moron but no look it's like i was talking to somebody the other day about this i said it's both it's possible to simultaneously acknowledge the frustration, pain, and suffering that comes with generational poverty and generational, um, you know, aspects of prejudice and all this other stuff, and disagree with the extent to which people think this is how you fix it, or this is how you go
1: about it, or yeah, this I is what's the, causing the it, or that's what's causing where, it. Where I think that's, I think that's where we need need to get to. What the fixes should be, because you know, getting rid of. I understand getting rid of a you know a statue of a guy who fought for the confederacy that was installed following the civil war you know in in an effort to sort of you know fucking rub it in you know the whole that whole bullshit about the south rising again all that fucking shit yeah you know that i understand getting rid of but that but that's not a solution to whatever the problems of today are like you know there needs there needs to come a point where we kind of you know the dealing with the symbolic stuff is like nice but you know we could go back all the way to fucking ancient greece and the philosophers back then were butt-fucking little boys so maybe we shouldn't have a statue of plato up now that the me too movement has been going on yeah okay that's great Uh, but that doesn't solve the, the sex abuse issues so i think uh society would be better suited uh, taking a look at real solutions to to what the problem is. Yeah, it's like I, this I said. This is one of those times when I think remember when we had those congressional hearings on on steroids in baseball? Right. Why this is when I feel like whenever we have a thing like this, this is what I would rather see like the congress doing. Right. Instead of instead of like pouring over fucking bullshit fucking whatever trying to pass stupid little legislations here and there Let's bring everybody in. Let's get the fucking, you know, BLM, send your guy, like whoever the representatives of kind of everybody are going to be. Let's have some hearings. Let's get it all out publicly so there's no, you know, fucking C-SPAN style so that there is no question about what is being said, what is being presented, what is being done on, on every side. We can have leaders of industry and media and, and everyone uh, so that it's it's all out there. And we can attempt to, to reach some sort of, um, you know, pragmatic solution. You know, what would a more uh, racially uh, equitable or whatever the fuck racially equal country look like? You know, how do we how do we once and for all level the, the fucking the, the the ethnic playing field so that it's yeah not... because I
0: mean, until you continue, uh, unless you continue to focus on. Uh, unless you focus on stuff like that and actually having results oriented discussion, uh, policy aims, whatever you may you know call it. Um, and I may not agree with all those policy recommendations, but again, like you said, let's have it all out. Let's discuss it all, Let's drag it out in. The more you continue to pretend, like things like you know brands and statues and all this shit is the reason that things are the way they are. Or, or even make it significant in any way, you'll have another seventy or eighty years of, of generational poverty and and fucked up. Uh, which is, which is
1: actually why, and I, I know it's not you know the most popular fucking thing in some circles, which is why I at least think the the discussion around changing the way police stations or uh, departments are structured and funded is like a very good, tangible and intelligent thing to, to discuss doing like there's a there's a real complaint okay we have these videos of guys being killed by cops we don't like police tactics we're telling you this is going on in our neighborhoods here's the proof we're going to suggest some things to the government we're going you know it's going to happen loudly in an annoying fashion um now can is there something tangible that you can do and if that is you know like camden new jersey restructuring their police department or or, yeah, but, Camden, or but,
0: but Camden, New Jersey, that's not really what happened. They didn't restructure their police they department. They didn't, the they didn't have the money to spend for it. And so yeah. they had to rely on the state police and the county to fill the void. And so, it led to higher response times. It led to um, less and in, less interaction with the community, less of this community policing stuff that they like to talk about within the, say, NYPD. For so example. I think less.
1: So I think there's so there's a weird minutia that happens there because you know, they're saying, well, community policing, you want more interaction with the community. But people are actually, I think, saying that their interactions with police officers are so largely negative that maybe they would prefer not to have the interaction with the police officer at all. So are there Well, I think the I mob think is what the, I think
0: the mob is saying that. I think these no, the but I think with the restructuring uh, of the police department.
1: Yeah. Having look, I mean what I did in the Middle East was essentially police work. Right. Um so I can look at this and say that, yeah, I mean, it would be a good idea to look at, at um, a a statistical breakdown of what kind of calls cops are responding to. And I'm sure they're categorized in some way and look at them and say, does this really require a police officer? Like, can you could we create something else, remove this responsibility from from police. Oh, OK, OK. But but just in a grand sense, how is
0: taking funding away from an agency in this context? And I'm not even saying it's necessarily not. Oh, yeah. How definitely. Is it help? OK,
1: so the, the issue is, yeah, one of the big issues with um, with police funding has been that since especially since 9-11, they've been getting federal funds that they are mandated to spend on uh, counterterrorism shit. So that's why so many of them are geared up with all of this fucking military stuff that they definitely don't need. Okay. Um, and if you if you don't spend it, your funding gets cut the next year. Mm-hmm. So to maintain the level of funding, you have to go out and spend the money. So what they keep spending it on is all of this shit that you would want, you know, for, for the Intifada, or if you had to go on patrol in uh, Kabul, which you just... It's just so. I mean, you don't want beat cops using that stuff. It's just it creates a barrier. I mean, even in Ramadi. Well, I mean, but Ramadi, I don't think there's we, too many. I don't think there's even too in Ramadi when we go on patrol stuff. in a city where people actively wanted to blow our fucking heads off. I mean, the amount of times we were out walking around, unvested, without helmets, take leaving the rifle in the fucking truck and just walking with a uh, a pistol and getting uh, getting close to the people. Was uh, was considerable. So yeah, there's some very, very uh, I think tangible ways you could uh, you could restructure police departments. And yeah, I don't think that uh, taking some taking some funding away. I mean, look, I want I want as little money being spent by the fucking government as possible. I'm with you on that, Mike. Um,
0: uh, you know that. You know that I tend to be of a small government mindset too. But this shit is largely bonkers to me and many other people okay because we're talking about a city like new york city for example where murders have been cut by about 400 percent since
1: the 70s or 80s and that's largely i had the this conversation with, uh, with my father last week because he's he's big on on that shit too uh which is weird because he's a bleeding heart uh, like everywhere else but um you, you know what other kinds of places have incredibly low murder rates dictatorships the literally the term is police it, but state i mean is that is that come, is
0: that what you're suggesting is that the the protocol that the so nypd is engaging in? no it's
1: a it's a hyperbolic way of making the point that just because a crime uh, a crime rate goes down or a a violent crime rate right. goes down okay the method the method behind it could be creating a, a shitload more problems. sure sure but you have to you have to go back so you have to go back now and say like like stop and frisk people were like hey you know it's we're finding all these illegal guns and stuff love the stop and frisk well okay it's also horribly okay unconstitutional sure and, and the security
0: and the and the freedom paradigm is always going to slide back and forth and it's important for citizens and courts and and official actions to weigh in on that kind of thing and it's and it's significant and i understand where you're coming from on that i totally do i've been stopping frisked myself but the point being that that's not just an that's not a insignificant number to point to what it was to see the murder rate say several decades ago versus what it is
1: now that's not sure, insignificant so that's the, people's the question, lives again it, what it comes to is when you look at the the methods used was there another way that we could have reached this end i would argue that ending the drug war would probably have just as big if not as big of an impact if you look across the the country yeah they'll just die you know, from and fentanyl, you look at the pockets of let's be as it's gang violence that we're mostly talking about here what fuels gang violence the, the illegal narcotics trade if they don't if there is no if there's no more drug turf to fight over we really start losing any of the impetus for this violence along with by the way the ability to uh, you know even afford to conduct the violence because we start getting into the economics behind uh how and why uh, a lot of uh inner city shootings go down it's i mean it's really they're doing it because it's their job um so you start getting into all that and you're like okay could we arrive at a very low murder rate uh without um, doing things that are going to uh, build a wall between uh, the government and the community, and without violating. Okay, so then how do rights. you so how do you go about figuring that out? You're talking about like
0: running some sort of uh, study or uh, analysis or something like that. I mean, it's kind of fucked up to play with people's lives and be like, "Let's see, let's see what happens over a ten-year period."
1: Well, the, so then I think we the, the flat-out intelligent answer is is ending the war on ending the war on drugs. So much of this is tied to. To the war on drugs so much of it all of what if if you really do a a deep look at the way that um gangs operate and get the the violence going on in say a place like brownsville or east new york or whatever mm-hmm. that's you know the, the they aren't it's not someone's well it's not know, always just drugs though it's also
0: uh territory and fucked up that, aspects of, of okay so you get uh, back territory and, what is and what is the territory
1: Paul, what is the territory?
0: It could be other. It could be other contraband too. It could be girls. It could be guns. It could be uh, well, you know guns, any number of stuff. All right.
1: Stuff. So the guns. The the guns exist because of the drugs. The guns are a security measure for a drug organization to guard their product and the the distribution and the, the transport of that product mm-hmm. and to settle.
0: Yeah. Look. I mean,
1: I'm not opposed to. Disputes. I'm not opposed to the. Uh,
0: Steps you speak of in regards to the war on drugs. I mean, I think there's a lot to be said for that. I do. And, and I uh, actually. As as,
1: and as far as girls go, are you referring to prostitution or just over some piece of ass?
0: Uh, prostitution, sex trafficking it could also be in, in regards to something personal or something petty like okay, that. Okay, so sure. a
1: personal dispute. Look, you're never going to prevent people from killing each other over personal disputes, but that happens everywhere. You know, but that I mean, happens. But in, that, but the, here's the thing that happens the, in Westchester. The gang, right? you you to, the gang. you go to the gang lifestyle guy, you know, is a that,
0: lot more complicated than just
1: drugs, though. It's a lot. It's it's more it, it's than not, just that. It's not though. That's the that's the thing. It is so heavily tied to to drug trafficking. I mean, that is the the meat of the economy of the gang economy prostitutions another one we can we have it very well within our power to legalize prostitution mm-hmm. um and we can do it in a, a safe look, way No I mean again I, you and, know
0: that I share some of your some of your libertarian uh tendencies and to the extent that you can eliminate from the criminal code aspects of life that largely aren't bothering people and kind of have law enforcement resources going towards other things that makes a lot of sense to me and i think that if we have nuanced conversation about that kind of stuff then that's fine but in the context of what's going on nowadays this whole defund the police thing and, and cutting massive amounts of funding to these police departments, it's indiscriminate and it's not surgical and it's not with a nuanced mind. Well, the, and the it's defund about, it's about uh, is, anger and, and, um, you know, frustration, I guess, with my, honestly, largely a, a fake news narrative. I mean, the, you could the, talk about the anecdotal defund, aspects the of police. But the
1: shouting about defunding the police is, uh, so I've heard two things on that. I've heard one, that it's defund is just their way of sort of a blanket saying we, we're not talking about getting rid of the job of policing. Although I know there are Many some of them who are. have said Many that. Many of them are. They're the Looney Tunes on either. So you have you're going to have our our fringe people on on the way left and the and and the way right. But the way so they're left, like, they're going to say we weapon, don't need on. cops at all. But that's on not the, way the world right, we live in the now. Kind who would say that there you is no fringe. There is no fringe
0: on this shit because if you open your mouth and object to any of uh, this you're castigated as a racist apt to be canceled or whatever the fuck that means and all this other shit the mob is going to come for you yeah i mean by by but there is no there is no speaking with
1: a no it goes deeper than that you could lose your fucking job i mean i don't think if you say the police shouldn't be defunded anyone's going to fire you depends on the context I, you're uh, you're coming in low. Is your uh, mic down?
0: Uh, not necessarily. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, that's better. Yeah, it depends no, look, on the yes, context. I,
1: I'm I'm well aware that there are people who would be happy to complete. I mean, they have that fucking chop bullshit going on in uh, in Seattle and that yeah, Minneapolis already government.
0: voted to, to get rid of their police force.
1: Yeah, I, I I do realize that there are going to be idiots making knee jerk reactions uh, along the same lines as. You know beto o'rourke wants to take every firearm in the country away Mm -hmm. um but i think if 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 you can hear them saying things the same way that i would you know beg the the libs to take a more nuanced look at the and which they're they're being forced to now the right to keep and bear arms um i think it would it would help uh people who appreciate law enforcement to say okay what are the things that law enforcement really should be doing what can we do to make this job easier what can we do to improve their relationship with the community and some of that should come from looking at you know what's driving crime if we can reduce the amount of crime that's going on without using the force of a police department that's a good thing yeah well no, look i i think that you
0: make a good point when it comes to the war on drugs i do i mean i think that the 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 grander point i don't probably agree with because i sort of see where you're coming from but i but i just don't know how realistic that is to sort of have all these different agencies i guess that are going to sort of respond in kind to the different things that police officers would otherwise have to respond to seems unrealistic to me but look i'll i'll listen it's like i've said I to anybody be, i've said i'm too
1: re- Unrealistic to have. Uh, I mean, a lot of it could be just stuff that you don't even, maybe don't even need another to create another agency for. You okay. know, you could firefighters are they show up without weapons? They're kind of looked at as more of a caring thing. So maybe it means you know shifting uh, some stuff, uh, some more th- uh, some more resources over to EMTs and fire departments and enabling them to to handle certain situation yeah I mean I you know, again it
0: sounds like a recipe for disaster to me but I mean look I'll,
1: I'll listen I, I'm I'm hey, look if so here's the if if I have uh a a mentally unhinged guy and he's walking up and down the street just swinging his fists you know wildly and stuff right could I probably could I probably send uh you know maybe we maybe now you empower impa- you you train a specialized emTs to deal with uh people like that so it's not a cop who has to deal with you know a spouse spousal abuse i understand a, what a you're saying drama. it just oh, that, that sounds
0: like a recipe for disaster to me but i mean i was
1: i'm curious as to where the disaster will occur
0: because these people are going to get violent and they're going to be in need of somebody who can physically put them down and stop them from doing what they're doing police, and uh, police and uh, are emt always, is
1: not going to do that police are always an option no one's saying that the i, I mean yes there are people saying that but a pragmatic approach to this, if that's what we're going to say we want to do, have a pragmatic approach to restructuring. No, I understand. Way, uh, I, I don't done. think there's anything wrong with having those conversations. I really don't. I, I understand what you're saying. But I don't I don't know that having, you know, fi- I don't know if, you know, if some guy is walking up and down, you know, a block of Hudson Street uh, screaming and making noise and pounding on fucking parked cars. You know, if we send five fucking firefighters or an EMT over there, They should be able to handle it if they assess based on whatever protocol is put in place that, hey, we need serious help with this guy, or at least it would be convenient for us to have a cop standing. Remember, we can you can always maybe it's just an adjustment of the protocol, right? Maybe it's if the cops are called to a scene where they have someone like this instead of them going and, you know, trying to physically grab them. Maybe the cops are there to set security for an unarmed person to go and, and make the grab so that there's not a gun that can be fought over. You know, break down the stuff. And that's why you say, hey, bring in people who train, uh, who train cops. Bring in, bring in fucking hostage negotiators. We'll have a, a view on how you talk to someone who's a little unhinged and what the kind of, of person you want. You know, ap- apply some some nuance to it. It won't be an overnight thing, but I think that um, if you start making progress towards it and start laying out concrete plans, it's better than just saying, "All right, well, uh, you know, uh, cops do better, and we don't like the bad cops, but we love the good." You know, we can we we can only not operate in platitudes for so long. I well, think. look, otherwise I, we're going to get. I I think you
0: know, that I got. would. And I've said this to people, uh, any well-reasoned and, you know, thinking and feeling member of this fucking republic should be willing to hear somebody out if they have an idea about how to do something better or how to change protocol, especially somebody like you who actually has some background in aspects of law enforcement and so on and so forth. Um, But, you know, um, I I just look at it as this is largely an anti-cop movement and i don't think it actually has as much nuance as you're speaking to right now i'm more than willing to listen to that nuance and have discussion yeah i don't again
1: i don't think we need to have the talk with the the idiots who are yelling the loudest i think it's a it's a matter of identifying and communicating with people who are sympathetic to the ones who are absurdly frustrated with police What can cut? You need to find people who can bridge the gap. There, of course, there there will be there. Sometimes it takes extreme voices on what you know to sort of spur um, change. We don't need to indulge. We don't need to indulge all of what the the loons who want to get rid of police entirely want. but maybe hearing that call and realizing that it's a, an opinion that's becoming very popular, maybe it's a, a, a time to realize that it would behoove us to say, hey, how can we take policing and fit it better for the, the path going forward? Because like, this is really like this is the safest time in human history to be alive. Um, even as a, a person in the lower or middle class of the United States, you live a... a a much safer life than anyone is has ever lived on on the planet um so now you know how do we look ahead and say you know what do we want out of a out of a police force we want to have a fire department what do we want out of our EMTs? what about our government in general um you know what uh self uh protection should people themselves be taking up um which gets into you know the the COVID thing you know how much of your Health and safety is your responsibility. How much should the government be telling you to uh, to lock down? Yeah, sure. Um, no, no. Look.
0: And, 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 and as I said a little bit earlier in the conversation, because I have some of those libertarian leanings, I don't necessarily disagree. And uh, the size and scope of government and all the spending that goes into it. As long as we're having an across the board discussion, you know what I mean? As long as it's an entire balance sheet discussion and it's not just about these little cherry picked items that certain people might have certain feelings about. But, look,
1: well, I mean, I understand we, we what can, you're saying. Well, there are budget meetings and then there's, hey, we have this. This is the issue of the moment. So we're going to talk about, you know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with focusing on one thing. Let me, uh, I'm going to refresh this. I don't know if you want to bridge to. uh, Yeah, let let
0: me, I'm going to get a little more myself, and then let's do a little uh, DLA before we get out of here.
1: Flipping out radio production. What are you drinking? Uh, this is... Uh, I have whatever... Uh, I don't know... What do you call the the rum that isn't spiced rum? The clear rum? Uh, white rum. Like white rum? Yeah. Yes, I got... Uh, I have white rum with club soda and uh, a little pineapple juice. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's very refreshing. Yeah, it nice sounds, little, sounds tropical. A nice little summer cooler. Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, <clears throat> so... I don't know that much about the background with the D'Elia stuff. Is there anything more that we need to sort of expound on? I mean, basically, no, I mean it's, it was it's, always it's, like girls in show uh, in cities
1: where he was doing shows and stuff, right? Yeah, I mean it. The way it was laid out, like I said, by that uh, account, she rates dogs. Um, I mean, I mean she was throwing up just
0: screenshots. Yeah, I read. I read some of that. Yeah, I read a, a decent amount of that because Barstool sort of compiled it as well.
1: Yeah, so I mean, if if taken at face value, it it certainly doesn't look uh, look good. I've heard it's funny because you, whenever you hear him referenced by other comedians, they talk about uh, they talk about how chicks love him. He's got a huge penis and he has shitloads of money. And then you see him. I mean, if this really is him, you see his like his fucking text and pickup game, and it's just it's awful yeah totally honest
0: yeah yeah no it's very um uh it's sophomoric i mean it there's an aspect to it that's sort of um pathetic and yet at the same time kind of matches the tone i guess of what you might expect from somebody who was 16 or 17 years old yeah i mean it really almost is like he texts like a fucking child right right and um i guess that's where it kind of lends some of that to some of that grooming accusation, right? Where it's like, he is in essence sort of trying to get himself down to that person's level. Right. Because he clearly has designs on that particular demographic, I guess when it comes to, like I've
1: heard him, I've heard him interviewed like long form and he's like a, he's like an interesting guy. He's pretty well-spoken, like smart. Like he's a really good, like I've heard him on Rogan's podcast for like three hours. And he's like, you're like, oh, this is this is an intelligent dude. And then you read these and you're like, what the fuck? Like, he's like, it's just like, LOL, huh? So you're going to come cuddle? And it's like...
0: Right, 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 right.
1: Yeah, I mean, so what's the fallout been for him? I mean... I mean, if it gets proven that some of them were, like, fucking... I mean, I guess it depends state by state what the age of consent was. See, that's where I
0: saw some of the, like, follow-up to the whole thing. And I guess because I think I sort of read it like a day after it all kind of happened, if you will. Like, it sort of started, I guess, and then the next day was when I saw this stuff on Barstool that had written it all up and compiled it. And so um, when I'm clicking on these tweets that they embed you see some of the responses to them as well, because it all happened like hours and hours beforehand. Um, It seemed to me like a lot of his stands, as that term goes, uh, were sort of saying, what's the problem here? None of these girls were illegal. None of these girls were underage. And that's where the key comes in with the whole grooming term, right? Because that's specifically something different. That's where, yeah, sure, we might not be specifically on a legal side talking about, you know, um, sexual abuse or misconduct charges, but there's something about the misuse of that power structure or age difference or whatever that falls into a creepy area that a lot of people don't like
1: legalities aside. I think anyone can look at a wealthy 40 year old dude going after 16 year old girls and being like, first of all, I mean, you know, you can, you, if anyone can go find a reasonably aged partner, it's, it's the good-looking, physically fit, famous fucking entertainer. So that's a, a, big, <laughs> a big strike against you, uh, one, regardless of what the age of consent is. Two, even if you're a regular 40-year-old guy in a state where there's a, a 16-year-old age of consent, it's still just fucking
0: weird. Yeah. And look, I, I don't even know. I, I think it's certainly possible that he could still face. Well, look, for to be sure, there'll be some sort of prosecutor or enterprising district attorney who will say, well, I'm going to look into this a little more closely and see if anybody oh, was under the age of whatever. But I'm some, also pretty sure that when you talk about people who are 10 years older than the person in question, I don't think some of I think sometimes the legal age thing doesn't matter as much i think
1: it's more like look they're not 18 so it's it's a state by state so it's um in some states there's there's an age but it's only within an acceptable age range right the age range is is wider than you would think like some of some of the states where it's like 16 it's like you can have like up to like a 13 or a 15 year gap so it's not like it's not like it's just a Romeo and Juliet law in right, place to protect right. like an eighteen-year-old with a sixteen-year-old. Right, 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 right. Um, it's uh, but regardless of any of that, even if he was within his legal right to do so, yeah, we c- you can still objectively look at it as a society and say, okay, but it's still you know right. we find right. what you did to be quite objectionable.
0: Yeah, so I mean, so what happens? Is he a guy that has anything like along the lines of like a TV deal or like anything of that nature? Like, I mean, a guy who's a stand-up and a podcast guy, I mean, in some ways, it's well, harder the, to cancel somebody like that, right? I mean...
1: Well, stand I mean, look, stand-up, it's one of those things where, you know, people ditched at clubs that let Louie back in. Right. Clubs still let him back in. And I think it's one of those things where it's going to be sort of a combination of the moral compass of the audience and whoever owns the clubs for his stand-up act. Uh, and there's, obvi- there's, there's a huge difference between this and Louis. You know, Louis, as much as people might be off-put yeah. by what he did, was doing it with adults who were in there, you know. I think the youngest were in there like mid-late 20s, and there was... A, a, it, was, it was him asking for consent every time and then whether you want to get into the power dynamics or the, the what, what have you that's a more nuanced conversation that can be had I feel like with a uh, I feel like with a, a, a guy going after teenage girls and using his position to do so in the eyes of most save for maybe people who you know dudes who really liked him or just flat out contrarians I think most people would come down on the yeah. I would just rather not give my money to a guy who's going to spend it trying to woo teenage girls into his bedroom.
0: Yeah, trying to uh, I guess like download the latest Snapchat filter so that he can fucking uh. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I mean, if you're if if you're literally if you're going to spend the money that I spent to go see you on a bottle of fucking you know tito's for two fucking high school juniors that you're inviting over to your hotel room do i do i necessarily that's not how you did that's not how you were looking to spend your cash i guess that's that is not... that is not necessarily where i would like to send my consumer dollar <laughs> oh i see a funny standoff? um so he has one he has one bit that i absolutely love about the way uh black people react to seeing something funny it's very I, i'm not gonna do it, but it's it, i mean it's it's a funny bit um and you talk he he also makes fun of like white white dudes who like hang out with uh with black guys or like act like black guys he's got some funny material mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. he is very popular among like younger chicks by hmm. uh, my, uh my we went and saw him live I got my ex-girlfriend uh tickets for her birthday one year she's She's approaching 30, so I guess, uh, you know, she's out yeah, of... Yeah, he wouldn't uh, be interested. ...out of his bracket. Yeah. But, um, I she's think old and
0: crusty, according to him.
1: Yeah, I think it's, like... I think it's mostly uh, younger chicks who have, like, seen him on, like, sitcoms and stuff okay. that make up his uh, fan base. Um, yeah, not, like, wow. He's, he's not particularly... He's not like particularly like a, he's not like a really dark comic or like. Right, right, right. Like well,
0: whatever. I saw where he played on uh, that TV show, You, which my my boyfriend fucking binge watched, like no, nothing I've ever seen him binge watch before, that he played some guy who was like into, he was like, he played like a pedophile
1: on that show. Yeah, what yeah that's, well, that, uh, apparently that's what uh, brought this out. Really? The second season was What a was fucking moron. Later. The second season was released late last year, and I guess... He played that role or whatever. Chicks in the group that he was pursuing at one time are big watchers of you. Okay. And they came forward and basically said, Holy shit, like, Crystalia is playing this guy in this show. You don't get it. He really did this to me. Wow. And that was that. Wow. Wow. Well, you know... Allegedly, I mean, obviously. Hopefully, I mean, at least he got at least he got egg. a check out of an
0: acting job, I guess, because that might be the last one he gets for a while.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's he's absolutely fucking loaded.
0: Um, oh, so he's been around for a long time.
1: Yeah, no, he's a very very successful uh, uh, performer. Well, I guess uh, he won't have yeah, to worry about that. then I don't. It, then. He'll be, yeah, he'll, be don't spending, he'll, he'll be spending the
0: money on that Tito's.
1: Yeah, it, that's tough. I don't think I don't know I don't know when you we come back from that. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that was tough. Tough to come back from that one. Well, you I know. mean, R. Kelly. You know. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a few defenders left. Right. Right. So you're saying Chris Delia and R. Kelly are basically on the same level, allegedly. Well, obviously Robert was allegedly doing far worse things. That's like my dog, Robert. Yeah. The the dog cages and and all of that. Oh, it's fucking terrible. Um, what the fuck. But I think, you know, I think once we start talking about trying to bang teenage girls. Are you
0: going to come cuddle, LOL?
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, what, a, what a cringy fucking text.
0: Oh, my. I need to take a shower.
1: Uh, I, would never, I wouldn't it. send that to a chick my own age.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, look, this has been great. Um, it was good to uh, get something back in the can and uh i mean i don't know where are we at with everything are we going to get back to doing some in-person podcasting as well uh sometime this summer or
1: uh I'm, yeah i mean look generally speaking i'm not too terrified by uh the uh, the coronavirus yeah where would you Most put your my... level of where would you put your level of COVID concern at one to ten i mean uh, other than the off chance that my parents somehow get it you know, or well, someone yeah, that that's i
0: fair because I mean that's yeah, right, exactly.
1: care about other than that it's like a, a one. one. Yeah. You know. Yeah.
0: That sounds right.
1: I from the beginning I was like this is fucking stupid they better not close the gym. Those that, that was my concern. Well, unfortunately you missed that on that one. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, enjoy uh Father's Day tomorrow so you're going down to LBI tomorrow.
1: No, um they are uh, they're up in uh, Fairlawn. Right oh, they're now, so up they're right? up north.
0: Nice. All right, so you'll be going to the the home of the cutters. Yes. Good stuff. Burton County, baby. Yeah. All right, he's Mike Montone. I'm James Flippin'. This is Flippin' Out Radio, the most American podcast ever created. Heaven's very good.
1: The most American podcast ever created.
0: Oh, here's your lesson. (laughs) Oh, baby. All right, all dude. Right. So yeah, take it easy, good man. Shit,
1: man, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Very good, my man. All Have right. a good one. You too. Peace. Adios.
0: This has been a Flippin' Out
1: Radio production. The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you.